0: This week on Erotic Awakening, Sacred Sexuality Kaddishdu Priestess Anara.
1: Welcome to Erotic Awakening with Dan and Dawn, a weekly view of all things erotic. From BDSM to erotic spirituality, from swinging as a lifestyle to simply fun kink. Each week we bring you a diverse offering of erotic and alternative lifestyles in its many forms. This podcast includes frank discussions of highly sexual topics. This podcast is intended for consenting adults over the age of 18. If you are offended by this type of content, we recommend you stop listening right now. Hello.
0: Hi, Hi Dan. How are you? Pretty good. Good. We have another one of those sacred sexuality shows. Our Kaddishtu priestess friend Inara is gonna be our interview interviewee today.
2: Yeah, interview E, so I like Inara.
0: She's fantastic. And uh for um it's neat that she is gonna mention some of her roots go all the way back to like uh Morning Glory Zell. Yeah. Um, Back to some of the people that first coined terms like polyamory and coamory and that kind of Mm -hmm. stuff.
2: I remember uh, meeting Oberon Zell um, in uh, Hoopston, Illinois, and one of the handouts that he had was, uh, what is polyamory? And it went into some of the history of where the word came from and how the The term was coined and interesting
0: stuff. Very neat. You know, we we talk a lot. uh, Sometimes we talk about sacred sexuality, like our interview with Francesca. And sometimes we we have a show coming up not too long away about Tantra and a new Tantra community. Uh, But we also do shows about things like DS dynamics and blowjobs and safer sexuality practices. And we're kind of all over the place, aren't we?
2: Absolutely. So we were asked tonight while we were interviewing somebody else for a future show, what is our podcast about? And it's
0: like, hmm, anything erotic. <laughs> and really we are. We are a podcast that's devoted to anything that might lead you towards your erotic awakening. So I thought it'd be fun to ask you, Dawn, <laughs> what, was your, what brought you to your erotic awakening? Have you always just enjoyed the heck out of sex?
2: No, so, and it's, it's, uh, I was thinking about it and it's kind of odd, so I did not enjoy sex so much in the past, and, you know, just where I was at, so, you know, different reasons I could look at, but if I look at where the awakening was, it's when I found BDSM, and I started looking at, uh, different pornography pictures, of course, and, and you know, started downloading different odd things and liked how it made me feel and found somebody to do the journey with me that made him feel the same way. And... Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, that was my awakening. That's when I started really looking into my sexuality and figuring out that sex is a great thing. And there was a lot of stuff to
0: explore out there. Very cool. Very cool. And I'm still exploring. <laughs> and really, I, you know, and that's what I, I want to get to with this podcast is really as much fun as it is to talk about blowjobs and Tantra and all that other great stuff that we talk about, the rope sex and all that. Mm-hmm. What brings people their erotic awakening, you know? And we're starting to get some feedback with, that says, wow, I didn't know that stuff was out there. And that really calls to me. And, I, you know, I really think that's the... the what we're reaching for is not only to review some of these great events but to 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 show the
2: variety of stuff that's available so that's that's my goal I, I like showing how much that there is out there that people may not even be
0: aware of so they don't even know what's calling them absolutely and you know and also to look at some of the reality behind some of this stuff you know I know for myself, for a long time, I fantasized what it would be like to be with two women or what it would be like to be with three women at once. And <laughs> I found out that it's, what it is like is, it's like really complicated. <laughs> it's like, where do I put this in? And, oh, why isn't this person? And, what, what, who whose foot is this?
2: No, <laughs> it's still hot. Oh, it's still
0: hot. <laughs> and if it sounds like I'm complaining, then I probably need to try three women again just to get it right maybe that's the problem we'll have but to record it <laughs> that would, i think we have another podcast <laughs> that will make a good episode yes um group sex really would make a good episode uh-huh three sums and more sums mm. <laughs> coming soon to a podcast near you all right so that's definitely on the list now mm-hmm.
3: Here we are today, and today we are speaking with Inara De Luna, who is a Kadishtu priestess, um, and she believes in the sacredness
4: of sex and pleasure. Hi, hey, Inara. Hey, Dan. How are you? I am Hi, Inara. <laughs> Hi, Dawn. Hi.
3: It is a pleasure to have you on here today. Uh, Inara is one of the very first people we ever met, met that used the Kadishtu term to describe herself. And although I see that you describe yourself as a bisexual, polyamorous, eclectic pagan, um, lifelong practitioner of yoga, and all other good stuff, you you start off by identifying yourself as a kashidu priestess. So let's start with that. What does that mean?
4: Let's see. A kashidu priestess is one who believes that, of course, sex and pleasure are sacred. And who uses the sacred energy of sex and sensuality to to bring healing um, and to celebrate the gifts of sex and pleasure? Um, a kadiştu uses a, a variety of techniques to work with people and to interact with the divine, um, but they all generally revolve around viewing sex as sacred.
3: Now, that sounds a lot like we we interviewed Francesca,
4: like her philosophy, so... Yes, Francesca uh, sometimes identifies as Kadish, too, but she doesn't feel bound by that particular label. She's uh, happy to don other labels, whatever works for the person she's working with. That's how she's described it to me. But it is very similar. Okay,
3: how did you come across the word Kadishu? Why did you decide, oh boy, I'm looking, I'm doing these things, and now I'm going to call myself a Kiddishthi. And and the reason I bring that up, and I, you know, just to be um, transparent for our radio listeners, Don and I also consider ourselves followers of the Kadishu path, and and of course that's where we know Inara from initially. Um, so I'm curious how you got your start. How did you first come across saying? I am not a Tantrika, or maybe you also consider yourself those things as well, but but to claim the word Kiddistu for yourself.
4: Well, for me, uh, it started when I met my current beloved uh, more than seven years ago. I, you know, in the course of getting to know each other, we shared stories about our sexual pasts, and he, you know, regularly when I would share a story of something that I had experienced, he would say, oh, you're Kiddistu. And for the longest time, I couldn't keep that word in my head. And finally, I said, would you write this down for me? And he wrote it down, and I started looking it up. He learned about the Kadistu role from his mentor and lover, Morning Glory Zell. Um, So I kind of consider Morning Glory my Kadistu grandmother, quote-unquote. But I discovered as I started researching it that Everything that I read about Kadishtu rang very true for me. Very deep down kind of a core visceral reaction to this to this term. And I don't consider myself a tantrika because I am not uh trained in tantra. A lot of what I do I have discovered, I do intuitively is uh is related to or similar to some of the things that are done in tantra but I'm not formally trained and so I don't take that term. And the Kadishiu path there you know when I started looking into it there was no formal training. It was a a word taken from the ancient Sumerian uh one of the level of priestesses and Morning Glory and others you know back in the 70s started kind of re reclaiming this word to describe a role that didn't really have any other good word. And so those of us who were kind of in the beginning of this Kadistu moment movement have, you know, gradually started putting together our own training programs to help others so that we don't have to continually reinvent the wheel.
0: Does
4: that great. answer your question? <laughs>
3: Absolutely. It does. Okay, great.
4: And, and now that, you've defined Kaddishdu and Kaddishdi and, you know, where the word comes from and that that's who you are. Now, what do you do with the word? What do you do with the role? Well, what I have done is created the Temple of the Red Lotus to kind of house that role for me. Um, Mm -hmm. I take the temple to... Pagan festivals, and I create my own events with the temple. And basically, I create a space where people can come and learn about Kaddishu, can come and learn about sacred sexuality. I present workshops. I offer uh, private consultations for people. I put on rituals, both private and larger public rituals, uh, that all you know incorporate some aspect of sacred sexuality. And so I also have a large online presence so that, you know, people wherever they are, if they look up Kiddeshtu, they're bound to find me at some point and so that I can basically help promote the idea that sex is sacred. And that that's the very core essence, that, that sex is a positive, pleasurable experience that everybody has a right to. And so I, you know, I'm very much online and I do my work at festivals and uh, at private events. Fabulous. Very cool. And and for those
3: listening, we'll have all those links up on the website at uh, BlueCatServices.org. And now when you say you go to festivals and you go to such and you run Temple and stuff, give me, so I've got no clue what's going on and I find you at a temple, what kind of stuff am I going to find you doing? What kind of, is it rituals? Is it intercourse in the middle of a field? What what kind of stuff do you mean that you're doing
4: there? Well, uh, first off, what I do is I set up a tent or some other kind of structure, and I, are you familiar with uh, Serenity, with Anara from Serenity? Oh, yes. Okay, that's, she's who I took my name from. And if you look at her temple and the the wall hangings and the beautiful things and that's kind of what I recreate. I create a temple space so that there's cushions on the floor, there's a a full altar, there's incense and candles and tea and massage oils and you know and it's very comfortable, it's very sensual and it's very safe. Um generally we don't uh engage in intercourse at at public events. Um because what I'm looking to do is create a safe place for people to explore. And walking into a temple where there's sex going on at any random time unfortunately puts people off because we're so wounded around sex. Um so generally if you were to come and you know walk up to my temple at a at a pagan event, you would either find me sitting there waiting for the next person for Goddess to bring me or i would be engaged in a workshop uh, some of the workshops are more lecture oriented some of them are are more hands-on one of my more popular ones is uh, is on intercourse alternatives and enhancers and this is a chance for people to come together in generally in couples but i've had more bowls, uh to interact with one another and i teach them things like eye gazing and chakra alignment, and we talk about the reasons why sometimes intercourse can't happen for, you know, injury or menstruation or pregnancy, or, you know, there's a whole bunch of reasons why intercourse can be a problem, and how these same exercises that you can use in place of intercourse can also enhance intercourse. So rather than just getting down to the wham-bam, thank you, ma'am, you know, incorporating some of these other exercises to make it a deeper, deeper, more connected, more pleasurable experience that invites the sacred to be present. And so sometimes it's workshops. Sometimes we do rituals. Um, And two of my more popular rituals, I've called the Yoni Puja and the Lingam Puja, where the Yoni, which is the Sanskrit term for vagina, is on display. And the participants are, are led through a meditation where they get to adore the yoni without touching it, where they get to get more in touch with their own genitalia and the sacredness of that part of their body. And they learn to feel the presence of the divine in their genitals through the experience of gazing upon an actual yoni or lingam. Lingam is the Sanskrit term for penis. Um, so sometimes there's rituals going on and sometimes they're private consultations where an individual or a couple or, you know, a group relationship will come in and I'll close the curtain so that people understand that this is private and we'll talk or we'll have our, our private experience, whatever that needs to be. Sometimes that's a essential massage. Sometimes it's a Karuna session where it's a sacred touch session, um, so there's a variety of things that you might see coming to the temple.
3: So it sounds like that not only do you need to have somewhat of a rela- uh, open attitude
4: towards intimacy, but some, some counseling-type skills as well. Yes, very much so, because a lot of times the people who come to me, who seek me out, are looking for someone to hear them, someone to really see them and listen to them and accept them unconditionally, and sometimes what they're dealing with is is something that's you know beyond the ability of just a regular layperson to be able to deal with um counseling basic counseling skills, in my opinion, are essential to doing this work. Because there's so much wounding around sexuality and the body and intimacy and touch in this culture that almost everybody who walks through that temple door has some sort of healing that they need. And sometimes touch is enough and sometimes it's not. And somebody who can understand, can look at a person and hear what they're saying and realize that, okay, this person is someone I can help with touch. This person is someone who really needs to be able to tell their story. This person is someone who actually has a deeper problem. Maybe I can't help them, but I can hear them and I can redirect them to someone who could help them. Um, Very so, cool. Yeah.
3: You know, it's it's funny because when you, when you talked about the, the Lingam Puja, the Yoni Puja, um, and then you added the last part about counseling, I'm really getting a good feel for how you're approaching the sacredness of people's sexuality. And we keep hearing these terminologies of sacred sexuality, but you've really just broken it down to how you can view your, sec- your personal sexuality as something sacred. And it sounds like what you do is assist people to get there.
4: Yes. Yeah, very rarely do I find it necessary to be in direct sexual contact with a seeker. What I am more interested in doing is helping to empower them to see their sexuality as sacred so that they can take that into the rest of their lives and have more sacred interactions with their beloveds. You know, it's it's less a matter of, you know, I use my sexuality and my comfort and my uh, experience as a model, and as a way to channel the goddess to help these other people learn that they are just as sacred, that they can be just as comfortable. And it sounds like, I mean, there's so many wounded walking around that it just sounds like a very needed service. So um, beautiful. I mean, I see it as a service of the goddess, and the way you're explaining it, it it just really comes across that way. Yeah, I very definitely see it as a service-oriented path. You know, just as mainstream counselors and doctors and social workers, all of these people are in service. You know, whether or not they incorporate any, you know, quote-unquote sacred connection, they are in service to the people that they are helping. I am in service to the goddess and to her children. And I definitely feel that my gifts are ones that, I kind of have to share. You know, it's, it, it's a calling more than a job. It's a calling. You know, I feel drawn to offer what I have to help others. Absolutely understand that.
3: Another way that people can find out more about the Kadishu and what it is that you do and what it is that other people do is through the Kadishu blog that you started, uh, correct? And if I understand correctly, you you built that so people so Kadishu could actually describe their experience.
4: Yes, yes, because the the number one question, of course, because Kadishu is not an English word and is not uh, well, uh, you know, it's not heard of very often. So whenever people hear that word, they're like, well, "What is that? What do you do?" And so it was important to me to, to find another way. You know, I can explain it all day long, but I felt like it was important to find another way to describe this. And so the Kadistu blog was a way to kind of give a wide variety of people who use this term to identify themselves a way to describe their experiences in kind of a fictionalized way so that their real exper- experiences without identifying the people they're working with and they're told in a narrative because narratives they connect with people on a different level than just you know logical descriptions
3: and and I personally um am always stunned to find out how many authors there are for the Kadistu blog it seems like that we have Kadistu um uh well in Atlanta where you're where you are and um but it's, a, it's a, all over the nation. We have history in California and Ohio,
4: Chicago. Illinois. Texas, yeah. Washington State, yep. Yeah. yeah, they're all over. We have 16 contributors right now to the blog, and they come from all over the country. And in fact, we might have an Australian on there, don't we? Uh, I know that, the, that there are a couple of Australian kiddies that... Uh, I've interacted with and, and have expressed some interest in being part of the blog and I Don't remember off the top of my head if we've got one on there yet or not, but yeah, they're they're all over. Very cool. Very cool. And beautiful stories on there too. So we'll have the link for that as well, so that others can read the stories.
0: Wonderful. No, I Great.
4: See, I see you keep pretty busy. Uh, so yes, I do. <laughs> run the Temple
3: Red Lotus and other online discussion groups. You do workshops and classes on oh, yoga and breath work and um, even some drumming and singing stuff. Uh, I've seen you, I see you, you've taught at, some, uh, at a variety of different places, including like the University of Redlands, California, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, what do you got coming up next?
4: Let's see. What we've got coming up next... Uh this summer I am in the process of revamping the Kiddhisto training program that I offer through the temple. Um, that's a an extensive training program. with It's probably a good year's worth of material. Uh, so that will hopefully reopen by the end of the summer. And I'm putting on a one-day intensive on sacred sexuality. It's going to be kind of like a mini-festival where there will be a handful of workshops and a ritual and some performances uh, with catered meals, and it'll be an all-day thing strictly focused on sacred sexuality, and that'll be in Conyers, Georgia, on August 22nd. And then, uh, let's see, I'm planning a series of teleseminars for sacred sexuality professionals and those who don't necessarily call themselves sacred sexuality practitioners but are interested in incorporating some of that into their own work. Uh, I'll be offering that with Francesca Dentilli, who you just had on recently. Uh, that'll start sometime in July. We're still nailing down some of the, de- the details, so those announcements will go out soon. Um, and those are the, the main things I'm working on at the moment.
3: Very cool. And y- you mentioned the online, and that would be the one at www.templeredlotus.com, I assume? Correct. Okay. And um, I understand that you're on MySpaces and LiveJournal as Temple Red Lotus, and you probably, like the rest of America, you probably have a Twitter account. And, and I, actually, I know you do because I follow you. Right. Yep. And that's Anara de Luna.
4: No spaces or underlines. Just one whole, you know, one word. So, and I also have a newsletter that's been kind of on hiatus for a couple of months, but I'm planning on i sending out a new one very soon, and people can find a link to subscribe to the newsletter by going to my main website, templeredlotus.com.
3: Very cool. So if, if you don't mind, I'll ask you one more question. Sure. A lot of times we run, the, we run uh, Sacred Sexuality, uh, Sacred Touch, or temples, or workshops ourselves, and the big question we always get is, wow, this is like a homecoming for me. This is what I need. This is what I've been searching for. What do I do next? When you hear mm. that question, what do you recommend to people?
4: Um, I often will recommend that they join my uh, Yahoo group as a starting place. It's class underscore USA at com, And CLASS stands for Celebrating Love and Sacred Sexuality. And it's about 250 people strong and from all over the country, anybody who's interested in any form of sacred sex is welcome to come and participate in our conversations there. And that's a good starting place for people to get a little more information. Um, I also invite them to review my website and the forums that are connected to the website. Again, to get a, an overview of, of what this is all about. And then from there, you know, people will often contact me with questions. They'll ask if they'd if I know somebody in their area or they'll, you know, have a particular issue in their lives that they need a little bit of guidance on or, uh, you know, they'll, they'll ask for phone coaching. Um, so I'm also in the process of working with someone to revamp my website so that soon, hopefully, I will have a calendar event that's nationwide of things that are going on in the sacred sexuality world. And so that will be another opportunity for people to find something hopefully in their area or not too far away that they can go and experience, you know, firsthand and and learn more.
3: Very cool. Fabulous. Well, thank you so much for being on today. It's thank you a, so much for having me. You Certainly you have a, a standing offer to come on out to Ohio anytime you're in this area. And, uh, Wonderful. You can, we run a few things in in town here, and I'm absolutely certain we can we would be a a wonderful guest speaker if we can get you up here.
4: Uh, That'd be absolutely. great.
3: Okay, it has been That's... a pleasure. Thank you so much, Nara.
4: Okay, thank you guys. Have a great day. Nara, you too. Bye. Yeah,
0: Coming up next week. The Tantra, no, 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 We're going to do a, no, no, wait, wait, wait. The mystery show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The mystery
2: show. (laughs) Oh, we'll have something good.
0: (laughs) Bye, Doc.
2: Bye, Dan.
1: Music heard on Erotic Awakening Free by White Knight, Strawberry Jam by Jerry Bradley, and Wunda by 31D1 is provided from the Pod Show PodSafe Network. More information can be found at music.podshow.com.